Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of 1 John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail those questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here's Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing our study in the epistles of the Apostle John. And we're in 1 John chapter 5. We've gotten down to about verse 10. Uh, But I'm going to put you in context by reading from verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, and there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar." because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Now, verse 10 is the one that I told you we need a comma. He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. And then the comma is needed here. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So what do you believe? What uh, do you believe? Are you believing the record that God gave of his son? Or are you believing something else? And so we need to understand that the Holy Spirit of God brings us truth. And so while we may not always believe what other people tell us, we can always, 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 without fail, believe what God's Word tells us and what the Holy Spirit of God tells us. The Holy Spirit of God living within the believer always tells the truth. Now, it's a serious matter to have doubt concerning God and the things of God. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Unbelief is far more serious than most of us recognize. Unbelief is at the root of all sin. And if we 
do not believe God, then we think he's a deceiver. And if we think God's a deceiver, then we have no foundation for our salvation, and we have no foundation for our faith. You see, he has given in his word only truth. He's never changed it, even though we live in a changing world. God's word has not changed. And so we have reason to doubt human beings, but we don't have any reason to doubt God. The God who created the sky is still the same. His Holy Spirit is the same. His Son is the same. His Word is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, as recorded in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. God is immutable. That means he never changes. What he's recorded for us in scriptures will remain true and remain throughout eternity. And so John has told us about blind leaders of the blind in the religious world of his day, and the same's true in our day as well. There are many sincere people who are fooled. They are blind. They are unaware of what God has for them. And since they are blind, they give their guidance where they need to be going, how they need to be living, to some person that they think has something more than they. Better understanding or whatever. And unfortunately, they are blind leaders of the blind. These leaders need help as well. And of course, we know that we all must seek the face of God. There is one that shows us the true way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. That is Jesus Christ. He said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hebrews 1, 2 tells us that God in these last days hath spoken unto us, by his Son. You see, there's no salvation in any other. There's no other Savior but Jesus Christ. And so we need to believe the witness that God gave of his Son and allow the Holy Spirit of God to control our lives so we can share the glorious truth of the gospel with everybody that we possibly can. Jesus Christ is alive and he wants everyone to be saved and to be prepared for life with him throughout eternity. And that's what we need to be concerned about. That's how we need to be living. Let's continue at verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now to verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. You see, the new life in Christ is not just a loan to us. We're not given new life for a moment or new life for a day or two or a month or two. It is a permanent possession, this gift of grace that God has given us, new life. Now, unfortunately, not every child of God measures up as we or even as God would desire for us to measure. We may fail God, and unfortunately, I must confess that I have and do fail God. I don't meet the standard that he's set for me from time to time. And when that happens, I realize that while I may fail, God himself never fails as he relates to me. He never loses his part of the transaction. He never gives up on us. You see, his truth cannot be altered. Matthew twenty four thirty five says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. If one truly receives Christ, he never should ever have to wonder if he's saved or not. It won't be necessary to wait until he dies to get the answer. He, you, I, may know immediately when we come to faith in Christ. At the very moment we trust in Christ, if we have any doubts, we need to go here in First John and read carefully that God hath given to us eternal life verse 11 john chapter 1 john chapter 5 and this is the record means it's set down forever that god hath given to us eternal life and his life is in his son now if you've tried to come to salvation if you've tried to come to faith of some sort without coming through jesus christ then you have every right to doubt your salvation, because if your salvation is in any other, if it's by your works, if it's by your uh, efforts, if it's by your good intentions, if it's by cleansings and washings, if it's by ritual, if it's by uh, how you keep the Old Testament law or any other thing, other than faith in Christ Jesus then you should doubt your salvation because you can't be saved outside of Jesus Christ. The scriptures make it very clear that when anyone receives Christ, he's saved for all eternity. And there's no time that we're going to go through half of eternity and then say, oops, I don't get the other half. It won't happen. And this is the way the Lord put it. And it's recorded in John chapter 10, Verses 27, 28, and 29, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. It's important for us to understand that God, when he makes a promise, keeps it. It's also very important for us to understand that we must give up our feelings of guilt when we've been forgiven. It is the uh, the very nature of Satan and his minions to continue to condemn us when our condemnation has been taken away by the very blood of Jesus Christ. Our condemnation is gone. Just like the children's song used to be, gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. And so... Uh, and, and it says, buried in the deepest sea, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Well, it's, it's important even as a child, but certainly as an adult, to understand that when we come to Christ, we come to Christ. And we need to know that our life is not to be wasted by being guilt-ridden about what we've done in the past, but it's to be made alive in Christ so that we can live with the abundant life that he's promised us when we realize that our sins are indeed gone. We don't have to promise to do better. We don't have to promise to do different. We have to receive the gift by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, will we do better? Yes, you better. Because <laughs> if you're in Christ, you're going to be walking with the king. And when you walk with the king, you'll be walking as the king walks. You'll be going where the king goes. And there's not any shadow of sin or doubt or corruption or confusion in the walk and life of the king of kings and Lord of Lords. The, re the record's been made, and this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And so if we have Christ, we have life. If we don't have Christ, we don't have life, and we must come to Christ in faith. One of the reasons John wrote his first epistle was to help believers realize that in Christ they may know that they possess eternal life. It's not something of a schism or a, a concern of, of breaking fellowship with someone who doesn't quite understand it. But this is what he writes. He said, These things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. The Apostle John was not concerned only that the unsaved believe on Christ and be saved, but he wanted those who were saved to know that they were saved after they believed. Many believers lack the assurance of their salvation, and I understand that. I mean, when I was a child, uh, any good evangelist could get me on the altar, even after I'd come to faith in Christ. Uh, 
And it finally took my dad sitting me down and talking to me about salvation and letting me know that just because I had a thought that was bad or I had uh, eaten an extra cookie when I wasn't supposed to, that I didn't have to go to the altar as if I were coming to faith in Christ uh, and coming to Christ for, for my very first time of talking to the Lord when I had already received salvation. And Dad was talking to me about that, and this was from uh, a, a Sunday school teacher who had been teaching assurance of salvation for a long time. And you see, it's important that we know that we're saved. Sometimes it's a failure on the part of uh, instruction. Sometimes it's just it takes that time of being set aside, as my dad did with this youngster, and and explaining to me uh, a little more about the Christian life and about living for Christ. It's extremely important that after someone is saved that they faithfully study the scriptures so that they can know that they're saved, that they're in Christ. So if someone comes to Christ and they've sincerely received Christ into his life, they should not doubt their salvation. The Bible assures us that we're kept by the power of God, not by our power, not by our might. But 1 Peter 1.5 tells us it's the power of God that keeps us. 1 Peter 1.3 says, God hath begotten us again into a lively hope, or a, lively, uh, a living hope, if you will. Uh, lively hope is a reference to God's gift, so that we may know that we have eternal life. We also note that the word know is one of John's favorite words. He uses it 177 times in his writings. He did not dwell on uncertainty, but he dwelt on certainty. He dealt with facts. We don't get very far if we don't know where we're going. And effort is best sustained by facts, by certainty. And so we don't need to doubt God. In fact, we must never doubt God. We must never doubt his word. We must take him at his word. And so we're to thank God for the salvation that he's given us when we have appropriated it uh, as the scripture tells us. J. Allen Blair has written that Martin Luther was asked one time if he felt that his sins were forgiven. He said, no, I don't feel that they're forgiven. I know they are because God says so in his word. So it's not a question of feeling if my sins are forgiven. It's knowing that they're forgiven because of God's word. But there's some who think they need to help God. They think they need to help him about uh, their good life, you know, and what they're doing, and that'll make them feel like their sins are forgiven. But, you see, the Son of God came to our level. He condescended. That's a big word. That means that he came down to our level. He was 
very God, and he became very man as well. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. In Philippians 2.8 we find that. In his selfless sacrifice Christ was made to be sin for us. He knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He earned the right to be the Savior of all. No human has ever earned this right. The best of us is sinful and in need of God's redemption, and it comes through Jesus Christ. And so God made possible the great provision of eternal life so that those who might believe might know that they're saved. So we see from God's word that nothing other than the sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for salvation. And there's only one way, and that is to come through Christ to God the Father and receive salvation as an absolute free gift. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is the Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's the Bible class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bumpville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.